Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another Beyond the Chair podcast. It's another week, another Wednesday, another dollar. And of course, I'm starting this off late again, 10 minutes late this time. Last week, I was about 13 minutes late. So I guess I'm doing better this week. I'm not as late. So hmm, if we go by the math, next week, I should be hopping on around 9.37 or so. But I'm here and I'm back. And welcome. Thanks for tuning in. If you're watching this live on YouTube, shout out to you. If you actually watch this on YouTube, shout out to you. If you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, anything like that, shout outs to you. And of course, if you guys want to ever join the conversation, I do this every Wednesday, 930 Central Standard Time, p.m., of course. And I do this podcast live. So if you want to, of course, you know, join the conversation or anything like that, if you want to just watch it live, you know, you are more than welcome. But today, I'm not, I'm not even sure if this one's going to crack an hour. I do have a few things I would like to discuss. A burning question. You know, this this is a burning question within the barber industry. Booth rent or commission? Boy, oh boy, this question, this burning question it's one of those ones where I don't think it will ever be answered. It's almost like the question of how much should I charge for a haircut? That's a burning question in the industry. There's a few burning questions in the industry that I don't think will ever have a resolution unless it's set in stone because there, there are a few different options. There's booth rent, there's commission, then you have hourly. And it goes the same with how much to charge for a haircut. Some people say $15. Some people are comfortable with $20. Some people are comfortable with $25. Some people are comfortable with $30. There are barbers out there that charge $50 for their services, $100 for their services. And the list goes on and on. You know, there are various different price points. And there's no one way to box somebody in. Because at the end of the day, you can't really say or look at someone and say, this is how much you should be making. I don't think it's fair <clears throat> as a barber or a barbershop owner or someone in a leadership position or the position where they have some authority over how much you make to say that you are only worth this much because that's what we charge. Now, I do like barbershops that allow the barbers to charge whatever they want and charge what they're worth. And if you guys have listened to this podcast uh, any other time, you would know that where I work, I'm allowed to charge whatever I like. I have an actual private suite within a barbershop and I charge what I like. So my chart, my prices are a little bit higher than everyone else within the barbershop. And for the most part, I haven't had anyone that had has, has, has had a problem with it. So it's one of those things where how much to charge, right? It's a burning question. How much should a haircut cost? You know, if you ask a customer, they'll give you, really, they'll give you just as many answers as the barbers. Now, the price ranges, now that is where it will differ, differ because some customers, they're used to that $15, $20 model. But then, if you, of course, if you talk to some barbers, they're like, man, it should be charging 25 or 30 or whatever, you know, then there's some people that don't really value their worth where they're like, okay, yeah, 15 to 20 is good. You know, they start feeling bad for the people, whatever. But 
that question of booth rent versus commission. Now, I'm not throwing the hourly structure in there, mainly for this reason. No one I know would want to work hourly. Now, when I say want to, meaning because here's the thing, there are barbers out there that work hourly. Now, what I'm saying is this. I don't know very many barbers that would want to work hourly. Now, I know what you're saying. Like you said that would want to work hourly. Yes, because that would suggest that no one would want to work hourly. But there are barbershops that run under the hourly structure. And of course, they have employees. Now, we're talking about barbers that want to be bosses, barbers that want to take control of their career, barbers that want to really make a lot of money. These are the type of barbers that I'm talking about, boss type barbers. They don't want to work hourly because really there's no money in that. You know, they cut, they can cut 10 heads a day. They can cut 20 heads in a day. They can cut 30 heads in a day. It's all going to lead back to one result, them getting paid hourly. And for them, it really doesn't matter. So, but for the the company, they want them to produce. They want them to pump out them haircuts. And I get it. I get it. They want them to service their clients so they can make the most out of the employees. It's just like if you work at any hourly type job where there's a fast food joint, you work at a grocery store, you work at, let's say, a retail store. They're going to work you so hard to get their, let's say, $10 an hour out of you. But you're doing a lot for that $10 an hour. You're doing a lot for that little $10. You're getting paid $10 an hour to cut hair. And let's say you're cutting two heads in an hour, maybe three heads in an hour, and you're only pulling in $10. So, uh, so imagine that, imagine doing that, you know, that in my opinion, that's, that's not, that's not boss status. You know, that's not someone who wants to take control of their career. That's not someone who really wants to maximize their money, maximize their time, maximize their productivity and and contributions to barbering by just working an hourly position. Now, granted, there could be a structure where you work hourly, where it could potentially be good, but that's if people are willing to come up off the money, right? Because not everyone's going to be willing to come up off of the money. It's just like instructors that work at barber colleges. A lot of them don't get paid well. To be honest, they really don't. Now, of course, they're all barbers, right? Because to get your barber instructor license, you have to be a licensed barber, which in most cases would suggest that you have worked at a barbershop. Most cases, the majority, I would say. There are some cases where there are instructors that have never worked in a barbershop. They just either get their barber license, go into barber instructor college, and then get hired on in a school. And then who knows, maybe cut hair part time, but, you know, do half and half. But for a barber that has been within the barbershop, cutting hair in the barbershop, used to making, and that's if they're making good money, to go off and go to a school, it's literally like taking a pay cut. There are very few schools that are willing to pay instructors what they're worth. 
when it when you compare what you can make as an instructor versus what you can make out in the real world just cutting hair because here's one thing let's say you make a hundred grand a year right we'll just use that it's just a nice round number easy to remember so let's say you make 100k one zero 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 and you go to working at a school and they're paying you for sake of the argument fifty thousand a nice round number five zero 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 they're paying you fifty thousand so that's half you're making half the money you did prior but you're thinking to yourself why am i taking this pay cut i'm getting paid half of what i used to and i'm working at a school now yeah yeah so you you see what the dilemma there not very many barbers are willing to do that and shout out to all the teachers and instructors that go through that and take the pay cuts or whatever. Now I get why some people do it. Maybe they just want more security out of barbering, meaning most of the people that work in uh, schools, instructors, they either get paid hourly or they're salary based. So there is a comfort in knowing, hey, I'm gonna get a paycheck every week or every two weeks versus yeah, I might make 800 this week. Next week, I might make 1200. Ooh, next week, I might make 1500. So you just never know. But I get why some barbers like that security of working at a barber college. But the same holds true for commission versus booth rent. Very different arguments. And uh, like I say, it's a burning question a burning question and a lot of people have different arguments they make different arguments as to why booth rent is better they make different arguments as to why commission is better now i'm here to give you guys some now look these are facts but then there can still be speculation right i can give you numbers and data but there can also still be speculation because some people are resistant to change and some people are resistant to the truth. But the, at the end of the day, truth is the truth. So I've got my phone here. Now, I'm not going to expect you guys to do this on the on your phones by yourselves, but trust me, you guys can do it. You're more than welcome to grab out your phones grab a pen and paper you know you want to do some simple math but we're going to break it down by the numbers because at the end of the day the numbers is what matters at the end of the day when you're a barber and it's time for you to get paid you're looking at the numbers you're looking at how much you're getting paid you're looking at how much you're making in tips you're looking at how much you're selling product blah 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 the numbers the numbers the numbers that's what matters so for those of you that are watching leave in the comments what would you rather do work under booth rent or under a commission structure we're leaving hourly totally out of this discussion because i don't even think it's worth discussing and putting hourly paid barbers into this discussion because generally they don't make as much as booth rent or commission uh based barbers but leaving in the comments what do you think is better who actually makes more money and who is it beneficial for but we're going to answer the question what's better for the barber booth rent or commission now 
let's hop right into it because I'm going to pull up my calculator and I'm going to bring up some, I'm going to, I'm going to use round numbers for the sake of this argument. I'm going to use round numbers. I'm not going to try and confuse you. I'm not going to try and do any sleight of hand. I'm not going to try and be a magician with this. I'm just going to give it to you raw. All right. So let's say a barber and this is booth rent, right? So let's say a barber makes a thousand dollars a week, right? Jeez. That was rough. Let's say a barber makes a thousand dollars a week, which means there's four weeks in a month. I think it's 52 weeks in a year. I think that's what it is. Right. And that means he makes four thousand dollars in a month. So let's say his booth rent is two hundred dollars for the sake of the argument. Let's make let's make nice, even numbers here. So with that thousand dollars. I was going to try and put some something in the chat, but. I'm not going to do that because you guys are going to get too confused by that. But like I said, leave in the comments below before I get into these numbers. What's better for the barber, booth rent or commission? What what would you rather work under, booth rent or commission? Do not be shy. Leave it in the comments. So for someone who makes $4,000 a month, so we'll do $4,000 and we'll say that he pays $200 every week in booth rent. So that being said he's paying eight hundred dollars in booth rent so we'll take eight hundred off that four thousand which leaves you with thirty two hundred dollars at the end of the month so at the end of the month you have thirty two hundred dollars now what could match that right what is the equivalent of that now, when you look at commission structures, commission structures are different because all barbershops are different. Everyone runs their business differently. You know, you can't say there isn't there isn't any governing body that says if you run your barbershop as a commission based business, it has to be 50 50 or it has to be 60 40 or it has to be 70 30 or 80 20, whatever the case may be. No, that's not the case. You can do whatever you want. The owners can do 90 10 if they want to give if they if the owners are willing to take 10% of what the barbers be uh make and be very gracious, they can gladly do that if they want to. If they're if that's what they want their business business model to be, cool. But generally that's not happening. Uh the most I've seen commission, uh the most or the least amount of commission I've seen taken out is 20%. This isn't every case. So mind you, guys, mind you, this isn't every case. This is very rare that you'll see someone uh, with the 20% where the company's taking only 20% and the barber's making 80%. I've seen it, but it's rare. I have also seen the 70-30 uh, price structure where the company or barbershop takes 30%, the barber takes 70 which is a good, uh, that's a pretty good amount. What's more common that I see is either 50-50 or 60-40. Now, what I'll see is this. They'll start you off at 50-50 and then you'll kind of work your way up to 60-40. And then from there, it's like, mm, you, you know, mm, you know. So that's what I see there. So under that structure, it's tough, right? Very tough because you're like, man, you're, you're literally giving away. You got to think about this. You're literally giving away half your money 
or close to half if you get to that 60 40 structure because then at that point it's like okay yeah barbershop's taking half my money let's not hope you have kids and a baby mama and all that stuff and let's say you're not with the with the baby mama then you got child support so then child support is taking off a piece of your money taxes they're taking off a piece of your money then of course you got to live and all this stuff so in my opinion you know like the 50 50 price structure commission structure is like even 60 40 is rough because factoring all those other things let's say even let's say if you, even if you do have kids and they're in your custody and you're with your girlfriend or wife fiance what what have you you got to still take care of these kids you got to pay for these kids like the kids aren't cheap so food isn't cheap clothes aren't cheap you know gas all this stuff it's not cheap living cars everything is it's not cheap so for you to walk away with 60 percent of your money but then you got to do this and this and this on top of it let's just hope you're grinding let's just hope you're hustling right so let's take that thousand let's say this commission-based barber makes a thousand dollars a week just like the boothroom barber right so that means he's leaving with four thousand dollars at the end of the month now let's take 40 percent off that four thousand dollars right so that's gonna leave him with twenty four hundred dollars twenty four hundred dollars is what that commission-based barber is gonna leave with at the end of the month that ain't a lot when you think about you just made the company what was it sixteen hundred dollars and now you're leaving with twenty four hundred dollars yikes right yikes that that's a rough one that's a rough one man and that's 60 40 so i didn't even you know 50 50 that's easy that's that's easy math you know you're leaving with two grand if you're if you're under a 50 50 price structure that's rough that's rough so in that scenario 50 50 or 60 40 technically if you just look at it if both barbers if you're talking about the booth rent barber and the commission-based barber are both bringing in a thousand dollars a week and at the end of the month that's four thousand dollars booth rent is the way to go in that scenario now here's a scenario where it actually is beneficial to be in commission so let's just use those same numbers thousand dollars a week four thousand dollars a month is what both barbers bring in booth rent or no no We'll just say commission. The commission guy is bringing in a thousand dollars a week, four thousand dollars at the end of the month. The booth rent barber is only bringing in five hundred dollars a week, right? And that's two thousand dollars at the end of the day, at the end of the month, two thousand dollars. So this guy made four thousand dollars, and the booth rental barber made two thousand dollars, right? So at the end of the day, let's do some math. So again the booth rent barber his booth rent is two hundred dollars every week so he only made five hundred dollars this week which means he's got to pay out two hundred dollars which means he's left with three hundred dollars at the end of the week so let's do some math for this guy and let's take out that eight hundred dollars which is going to leave him with twelve hundred dollars the booth rental barber at the end of the month so at the end of the month he's only made was that twelve hundred dollars so let's go back to the commission-based barber 
And still under that 40 or not, no, we'll just bump it up. We'll, 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 let's get aggressive with them, right? Let's, let's go to 50, 50. So this guy who's working commission and he's getting, he's getting raked over the coals, right? He's, he's giving out 50% of his money, which means he's leaving at the end of the month with $2,000. Sounds, sounds like a shitty situation, right? It sounds real bad. Like, man, like, why the hell are you going to give a 50% of your money? But in this scenario, it actually works out better for the for the commission-based barber because, hey, here's what's happening. Yes, he made $4,000. Yes, he's giving away $2,000 of his money, and he's only leaving with half the money he made that month, which is, you know, $2,000. But the booth rental barber, he only made $500 this week and every week for this month, which left him with $2,000. He's going to pay $200 a week in booth rent, which is $800 in total. Minus that $800 by $2,000, you got $1,200. And that is what the booth rental barber is left with at the end of the month. He, he's made two, not two, but $1,200. And the commission-based barber made $2,000. So in that case, booth rental is better even though he's getting raked over the coals by paying 50-50 commission. So the commission-based model in some scenarios is better. And I hope you guys can understand that. And we're going to go, we're going to draw out some more numbers too, but in some scenarios, commission-based can be better. And here's why I will explain why it's better. Now it's good for a new barber, someone who may be new to the area, someone who doesn't have any clientele, because typically in those commission-based uh, barbershops, they have clientele. They spend money on marketing. They have all the, the structure, the plans in place. They have the systems and all that stuff ready to go. You go in and more times than not, you can start cutting hair more frequently than you would if you were a new barber and you went to, let's say, a new barbershop that's not uh, that not too many people know about. Maybe they don't do any marketing and you've got to get it how you live. So think about it, because in that scenario, a newer barber, a new barber, maybe fresh out of barber college or whatever the case may be, new to the area, new to the state. The commission based model might be better for them because if they don't want to get out, if they don't have any hustle to them, you know what I'm saying? If they don't have any grind to them, you know what I'm saying? Commission base might be better for them because at that point they don't have to do much. They really don't. And the another another th cool thing about some commission based uh, barbershops is they provide you with certain things, whether it's neck strips, you know, cool care, uh, other sanitation stuff like maybe uh, barberside and all this stuff, the jars and all this stuff. Under the booth rent model, you got to buy everything. You're basically a business at that point. You're an independent contractor. You got to really bring in everything. And when you see in, in the booth rental scenarios, and you can see this even in commission-based scenarios, but you'll see barbers that provide different services than other barbers, and especially in the booth rental scenario. You know, you, you look at one barber station, he, had, he has a very minimalistic setup. Where it's just like three pairs of clippers, you know, got some oil sheen. He may or may not have a barber side jar. He's got a couple combs. 
and that's about it. Then you go to the next barber's uh, station. This dude's got like eight pair of clippers. He's got oil sheen. He's got pomades. He's got waxes. You know, this dude, he has an air compressor. He may have a massager. You know, he might have a ring light, barbicide jars. He got a bunch of scissors, all this stuff, different types of combs, all the types of guards. He got blades, all, all that. He's got the whole shebang. And then you go to another station and there may be half that he might be like in between the first two examples I gave you. So in those scenarios, it's a little bit different. But the booth rental versus commission based structure, you got to think about it because you can't just say, man, I ain't giving someone 50 percent of my money, which I agree with you. Giving up 50 percent of your money. That's tough, man. That's tough. But the thing is, like I said, in the beginning, especially if you're a new barber, commission base might be better because at the end of the day, like if you just look at that example, I just painted for you guys, $4,000 is what the, the commission based barber made. He's given away 50% of his money, which means he's left home with $2,000 at the end of the month. The booth rental barber, let's say he had a slow month. He only made $500 a week, $200 in booth rent every week. That's $800 a month minus that 2000. He's left with $1,200 at the end of the month. Who came out on top here? Yes, this guy's paying commission and he's giving away half his damn money to the barbershop. But at the end of the day, he left with more money than the commission guy or not the commission, but the booth rental guy. So the commission guy in this scenario, he's on top. Now, let's talk some other numbers. So just like I said earlier, if you re re rewind back, let's say that booth rental guy is making $1,000 a week just as the commission-based guy. So the booth rental guy, he's making $1,000 a week, $4,000. So both guys are making $4,000 at the end of the month. This guy's giving away 50% of his money, which means he's left with $2,000 at the end of the day. This guy is only having to pay $800 a month in booth rent, which you minus that by the $4,000, he's left with $3,200. He's made, the booth rental guy has made $1,200 more than the commission-based barber. So in that scenario, it is much better. Now, I know what you're thinking. Not everyone does 50-50, right? Right. So let's bump that down to 60-40 because that's quite common, right? So the person that's doing the 60-40 um, price structure, so they're paying out, what's the numbers there? 1600 They're paying out $1,600 at the end of the month. So let's say again, Everyone made four thousand. Boothrin scenario four thousand. Commission base four thousand. So in this case, they're taking out sixteen hundred dollars from that four thousand. You get what I'm saying? Now you're left with twenty four hundred dollars, and this person, he's only taking out eight hundred thirty two hundred dollars. So in the scenario where let's say you have a barber out here grinding in the booth rent booth rental scenario who's thriving in the booth rental scenario versus the guy in commission. Now he's getting, now he's gotten a raise, right? He's gotten a raise. They gave him a little bit more of his money, right? Instead of $2,000 a month from that 4,000 that he's brought in, now he's bringing home $2,400 a month, right? But still this guy who's hustling in the booth rental scenario, man, he just pulled in $3,200 at the end of the month. That's $800 more than the commission structured guy and eight hundred dollars adds up to a lot of money at the end of the year if they consistently make four thousand dollars 
every month for an entire year, that equals out to $9,600 at the end of the year. If you talk about $800 every month, if that thing is coming in like clockwork, that's $9,600 at the end of the year. Now, I know some of you would love to have $9,600 extra dollars at the end of the year, and that is possible. How is it possible? You might ask, hmm, why is it possible? You might ask, let me tell you why. Uh, if you could, and this isn't, has nothing to do with like booth renewal or commission. If you save some of your money, you could end up with that much money at the end of your, uh, at the end of the year in your pocket, save your first tip every day, put that in your pocket. And then you might be able to have that amount at the end of the year or save your first service, first haircut, whatever the case may be, your first haircut, or even just one service from every day just save that money and at the end of the year you'll have some money so howard white here i see him in the comment he says commission based may work better for me at first since i'm going to start out part-time until i can cut full-time now like i said i i mentioned that earlier commission-based barbers in the beginning for a barber who doesn't have a clientele who may be new to the area new to the state, new to barbering, a commission base is probably better unless you can go into a booth or yeah, booth rental scenario where you can automatically get clientele where the, maybe they just have good walk-ins. Maybe this place has been here for decades and they've got an abundance of clientele that's willing to just hit you off right when you work in. It's just like a weld oil machine. Some, I know there are some booth and barbershops that are like that, but that doesn't happen all the time. You cannot guarantee that all the time. So commission in that scenario is better for the beginner barber because what it allows you to do is learn the ins and outs of the business. You can build your clientele. And then once you move over or get enough clientele to where you feel comfortable, you can move out on your own. And then you know, majority of your clients, you know, should follow you, right? Depends on where you go. Depends on your location and all that. They should follow you. Now, let's give you a few different, uh, do few different structures, right? So let's bump it down because I know I'm being harsh on the commission-based barber right now. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm pounding the commission-based barber. I'm not making it look good for the commission-based barber. Although there was one scenario where it seemed to be better for the commission-based guy. That's if the booth rental guy has a bad month, right? then commissions is good. But let's look at if the commission-based guy is getting paid 70, 30, right? So again, $1,000 a week, four weeks in a month, $4,000 is what both barbers have at the end of the month, right? This guy's still paying $200 a week in booth rent, which is $800, which he's still like clockwork leaving with $3,200. On the other hand, you have the commission-based guy who is now he's maybe he's got a raise maybe he's been working hard maybe they the company has been generous to him maybe they're like wow this guy's actually worth keeping around let's 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 uh, actually show him our appreciation and give him a raise right 70 30 bam all right so now he's getting twelve hundred dollars taken out of his four thousand dollar chunk right so now he's leaving with twenty eight hundred dollars right better than that two thousand at 50 50 better than that 
2400 at 6040 now he's getting paid $2,800. So he's like, man, I got $400 extra a month. I got $400. I, I, I got $400, right? So at the end of the year, an extra $400, that's $4,800. Come on now. Who wouldn't be mad at that, right? At the end, of, like, like imagine, and this happens in some jobs, but imagine come holiday season, you know, you got kids, you got family, maybe travel, whatever the case may be. You get a nice little check, $4,800 bonus. Bam. You know what I'm saying? Don't spend it all in one place. Keep the party going. You know what I'm saying? $4,800. That's a nice little bonus check at the end of the year. That That's a nice surprise you didn't see coming. Imagine that. But again, if you look at the booth rental guy, He's taking home $3,200, $400 more than you, $4,800 more than you at the end of the year. Think about it. Think about it now. Now, 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 now. I know what you guys are probably thinking, right? I'm now, remember, I'm just using whole numbers for the sake of this argument, for the betterment of your understanding of what I'm trying to convey to you. I'm using those numbers as an example, there are booth rent barbers that are making $1,500 plus every week. So can you imagine if you're making $1,500 plus or maybe $2,000 a week in booth rental and you're still paying your $200 a week, $800 a month, you know, $2,000. So you double that, right? $8,000. And you're only paying $8,000 hundred dollars a week that's only 10 percent of your your pay that's getting paid out do the numbers but that scenario is very rare not very many barbers for that matter bring home two thousand dollars a week which equals out to them only dishing out 10 percent of their income so nice. That's nice. When you really think about it, it's a, it's a motivating number. It's a motivating number to get to, but you got to work hard. It takes time. Be patient. And it could possibly happen. It could. It's not far-fetched. It may seem far-fetched, but it is possible. Now, if you saw there in that example, the 70-30 guy versus the Boothrunner guy, Boothrunner guy, he still came out on top. He still came on on top. But here's the thing. If that booth rental guy has a bad week, the 70-30 guy, now he's making 400 extra dollars a month. Ooh, let's say you have a bad week or a bad month. You only made $500 a week, $2,000 a month. Yikes, how much are you taking home? $1,200. This dude's taking home $1,000 more, $2,800. Ooh, yeah, commission-based guy, he's looking good right now. He's, look, he's looking real good right now. Now, let's go into that structure where the rare 80-20, where you don't really see this very much. The commission-based structure where the owner is taking 20%. This is rare, very rare. Like I said, it's more common examples where you'll see 70-30, 60-40, But the 80-20 structure, let's talk about it. Right. We're already on it. Let's talk about it. Right. So, again, same thing. Four thousand dollars. Both guys. Bam. Eight hundred dollars at the end of the. You know what I'm saying? Boom. Here. 
Same thing, $800. They're the same, right? Same, same numbers. 20% of 4,000 is 800. And you have this guy, booth rental guy. He's made 4,000 or $200 a week, four weeks in the month, $800. Boom, same. But here's the thing. You might be like, whoa, if that's the case, I should just find a, a commission-based barbershop that pays 80-20. Hmm, good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good, good luck. Because one, there's a lot of things to factor in too, right? One, good luck finding one. Two, is it really in your area? Three, is it the right barbershop for you? That That's a really important thing because you have to sometimes ignore money. Sometimes you have to ignore some of the shiny things because, yeah, you might be getting paid more money, but is it the right barbershop? Is it run right? You know, are... Is the money really worth maybe some of the potential headaches? Like maybe you have barbers that steal there, right? Maybe it's managed poorly, right? Maybe they don't have the type of clientele that you're looking to attract or the type of clientele that you would like. These are things you have to think about. So just trying to jump at the money is not always the best thing. You have to find somewhere that's a good fit. And I always tell barbers, like when you go into a barber shop and you're looking to work, right? Think of it as you wanting to run the barbershop yourself. Think of it as you're the owner, right? Think of it as, wow, okay, yeah, I could see this place as my own. Treat it like your own. Because if you want to be in that position one day, you start. You have to start acting on it. You know, they say it takes 21 days to create a habit. You need to start now. Because you can't just be the barber that comes in, you don't clean up, you don't help anyone do anything. It's just all about you. It's me, me, me. And then you get in a position where you can open up a barbershop and you can expect to try and make this 180 transition. More times than not, I'm telling you, more times than not, that is not going to happen. Trust me, you will revert back. Yes, you may have a good little run in the beginning. Maybe you might be motivated. You come out the gates smoking. You, you're ready. You're just like, yikes. I'm out here. I'm, I'm my own boss. I got my own business, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, you lose a little motivation, right? You're going. You're like, things aren't really going as, as I expected. Then you just lose a little more little motivation right you come out you're like man i didn't hire as many barbers as i planned in the beginning and then you lose a little motivation then you like oh man like i'm, I'm not making as much money as i planned on I, I thought i did everything right and then you lose a little bit of motivation you see these are things that you have to do these things in the beginning Build a rock solid clientele. You like you can't. I'm mean, look. I'm. I'm not saying when I say can't. I don't mean it isn't possible because it is possible. Most things are possible. Anything is possible, right? But it's more assuring to know that if you can build a clientele on your very own, once you open your own barbershop, you can do it again because one, you know how to build a clientele. You can somewhat use some of the marketing strategies that you use to build your clientele. Apply that to your business. But of course, when it comes to business, you'll have to do more because now it's, it's more than you. It's more than just me, the owner. 
You have to feed other families. You have to feed and provide for other barbers. So it's not just about you. But I'm just trying to tell you, you got to have that mindset of a boss in the beginning. That's if you want to be in that position. Some barbers are very content with just getting paid hourly, getting paid their 50-50 commission, 60-40 commission, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. They're happy with it. But if you're not, you got to have that mindset. You got to have the mindset of being a boss, making money, being in charge, being a leader, alpha male status and alpha female for, you know, females out there that are watching or listening. You got to have that mindset, have a boss mindset, have a winning mindset. You know, losers lose. You know, you know, they say winning is a habit, just like winning is a habit. Losing is a habit. You know, you get in the habit of losing, then it becomes familiar. It becomes normal. It be it becomes comfortable. Once you're faced with a little bit of adversity, you're like, all right, this is all right, man. I've been here before. You know, I know how it is to lose. I'll just do this and then more than likely lose again. You know what I'm saying? So you got to actually get used to winning. Don't get comfortable losing. The lab, I remember you, man, from the live stream, UFC 2, what was that? 208. I remember you, man. Don't forget. But get in the habit of winning. You got to get in the habit of winning. Like I said, losing can be a mindset. If you get comfortable and get in the habit of it, look, like I said, it takes 21 days to create a habit. You do not want to get in the habit of losing. You do not want to get in the habit of complacency. You do not want to get in the habit of just being lazy, procrastinating. And I know, like, it feels good to procrastinate sometimes, right? It feels good to just let off the gas sometimes, right? But you just got to sometimes floor it and then just be willing to take that speeding ticket. Sometimes you just got to be willing to do it. And I, like I said, I know it's comfortable, man. I know it's just like, oh, man, I've been grinding this hard. I would deserve a break. I deserve a little time off. Just like working out. You know, you've been in the gym seven days. You've been in the gym two weeks. You've been in the gym every day for a month. You've been pumping hard, no breaks. You feel a little bit of pain. You pump through it. But then you're like, man, I've been going hard for a month. I deserve to treat myself. So then you just go out and you do something, right? Then you're like, man, this taste was familiar. I remember that. I like this taste, man. This was, mm, I haven't had sugar in so long. I haven't had this in so long. Then you like, let me, let me get, let me get another, let me, let me get another one the next day. Then you're thinking to yourself, I got, I'll get back in the gym tomorrow. It's only tomorrow. I'm only, I only took two days off, right? You know, like, uh, you know, I had one day and then I have another, but I've been working out for like a month. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Then you like uh, procrastinate, right? Here you go, procrastinating. Then you go, oh, yeah. Next day, you're like, all right, all right, I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to get in the gym. All right, all right, all right. Don't worry. But don't, 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 don't worry. Chill, 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 chill. So then you're like, ah, but then you don't. Then procrastinate. You get lazy, right? You lost your focus. You become complacent. Losing is a mindset. Do not get in the habit of losing. Do not get in the habit of being comfortable and lazy. That's how you create a habit. It take, like it, uh, Now, look, I don't agree that it takes 21 days to create a habit. I think it can take less, but let's say it can take a habit. It could take a week to build a habit, two weeks to build a habit, 
21 days, three weeks to build a habit. Don't get in the habit of it. <laughs> oh, 228, man. Like I said, I don't, I don't even know my UFC events, but it is what it is. But um, get in the mindset of being a boss now, and it'll help you out later. Man, there's a little, like a little bug just flew right past the ring light right there. I was like, if my arms are like a foot longer, but I hope this answers the question. Let's go back to the booth rent versus commission scenario. I hope this answers the question, right? Because under certain scenarios, it can be good, but you have to be aware of what to look out for when you're trying to choose if commission or booth rent is right for me. Now, look, if you don't have hustle to you, if you don't have a grind to you, if you don't have the ambition to make a lot of money, booth rent is not for you because some in some scenarios, you got to go out there and get it. In some scenarios with booth rent, maybe the barbershop does marketing and they got a, a lot of walk-ins and you have that exposure. There's some uh, booth rent barbershops where they don't do any marketing. You got to get it how you live. And if you don't know how to hustle, then sayonara, sucker. <laughs> You're going to be out there. You're going to have some bad weeks. And sometimes it happens in the beginning. These are things you got to expect. Even in a commission-based business or structure, you can't even expect to make a lot of money in the beginning. A commission, like you should not expect to jump out the gate making a lot of money. You know, do your research. Go out there and do some marketing, shake some hands, kiss some babies, do some social media marketing. It will all help out for you. And then you'll reap some of the rewards. You'll sort of start to harvest some of the fruit a little bit later. But it takes time. You cannot expect to go out and just come out the gate guns a-blazing. That's just not how it works in most scenarios. There are some scenarios where you can flourish right out the gate. But like I said, it is more comfortable, but it's all in research. Do your research on the barbershops. Go and check multiple barbershops before you make that final decision on one. Don't just go to the, to the first barbershop you see and say, hey, you, you hiring? You know, like, go and check out the barbershop. Go as a customer. Get a service. See how it is. See how everyone interacts with each other. See how, do they have systems? See how the place is managed. See if there's a, a rapport between the barbers. Is there any animosity towards the barbers? Is there, is there any beef that's going on? Is there any foul languages? You know, like it's a place professional. You know, check these things out. Because trust me, they're going to act totally different if they knew you were coming versus if they didn't know you were coming. So just go as a customer. Act like a customer. Don't tell them you're a barber and don't tell them you're looking for a job because if they know you're coming, they're going to be on their best behavior. So just go unexpected. Just pop up, you know, just pop up, pop up on them, you know, like, hey, I just want to get a haircut, you know, see if they greet you when you walk in, you know, do, 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 do they acknowledge you? Do they smile at you? What do they do? Do they say hello? Do they just look at you and then go back to cutting? Or do they not acknowledge you at all? I mean, these are things you have to look out for. Because look, if they don't even acknowledge you at all, this is the place you're going to work at. Think about it, though. Think about it. Use your head. So in some scenarios, booth rental can be better than commission. And in some scenarios, commission can be better 
than booth rental. Now, these examples that I gave you guys earlier did not factor in gratuity. Now, typically in both structures, gratuity is yours. So whether you're booth rent or commission, typically the barbershops do not take or dip in on your tips or gratuity. That's all you. So uh, what up, Big Al's Barber Channel? Uh, so like I said, those examples that I gave you earlier did not factor in uh, tips or gratuity. And of course, these are all different numbers because if, if you rely, I always tell barbers or anyone that works on tips, don't, well, it's kind of tricky though. I will say this because if you were like a waiter or a bartender, you do rely on tips, but we're excluding them. So I'll just say barbers don't necessarily rely on tips because that's a good way to get disappointed. That's a good way to get frustrated. That's a good way to ruin your day because, hey, you know, you, you may get a guy that doesn't tip you, right? You may get a guy that tips you two bucks and then now you're talking talking down on the customers because he's like, oh, man, this dude didn't even tip. Oh, this dude only gave me two dollars. Worry about the money and it will come. Do not try and rely on tips. Tips, it will only get you frustrated. If you try and rely on tips, man, big Al Azusa, California in the building, but we're going to wrap up this podcast uh, soon. Do you guys have any questions? I know you guys are pretty shy in the comments. Cause like I said earlier, when I was giving off my examples, which do you think is better booth or commission, which is better for the barber booth or commission, which is better for the barbershop booth or commission. Now the examples that I gave you were in the barber example, not the barber shop, but what's better for the barber. But if you look at all of those numbers that I presented with you earlier, you can deduce which is better for the barber and the barber shop. Now, could a booth rental barber shop owner make money in that scenario? Yes, he could. He could. It is possible, right? Now, the thing is with barbers, barbers are very unreliable, very inconsistent, and very unprofessional at times. Now, let's say, because a lot of people have these lofty goals, right? When they open up a barbershop, they, some people, they're, you know, they live in the clouds. They're like, oh, man, I'm going to have a 20, 20 share shop. Oh, I'm going to charge $200 a week. Oh, that's, man, that's mad money every week coming in. Oh, 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 so let's do some numbers real quick. Let me bump out my trusty calculator. So 20 times 200, that, he's like, man, that's $4,000 a week I'm getting paid. Yeah, in the fantasy world, because legitimately, you're not going to have 20 barbers working at the same time. You're not going to have 20 barbers paying you $20 every single week. So I always tell barbers, like, don't just live in the clouds because – those examples, you don't see those quite often. And if you did, more people would be doing it. But I always say, think realistic. Be realistic with your goals. Do the numbers. Do the research. Because trust me, that will save you a lot of headache and anguish later. You know, if you just go out there just throwing out numbers like willy-nilly, just, just picking some numbers and going, like throwing a dart, a dart board full of numbers and like, oh, all right, this is it. Yeah, you're going to be in some trouble, man. You're going to be in some real trouble. We talked about this last week where I was talking about 
uh, haircut prices. And I'm going to do my homework for you guys. Just like I gave you guys a bunch of numbers today. When I finally do my homework, I am going to come back at you guys with some numbers. So you guys, like I told you, get a pen and pad today, bust out your calculator. Whenever I do this, you better get out your pen and paper. You better have the your little Texas Instruments calculator ready because I'm, so I'm telling you, I'm going to be ready for you, boy. Tell them I'm going to be giving you some numbers and y'all better keep up. So when I do this homework, I will do it because what I said and before I close out, I said that in last week I was talking about how do you figure out how much you're charging for your haircuts? Like some people just charge 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, whatever. But if you want to go listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage you to do so. But what I was saying was in that episode, there are ways you can figure out how much to charge for a haircut. Or if you want to make $80,000 a year, $100,000 a year, there are mathematical ways that you can actually go deep into the numbers to figure out what you need to charge to get there logically, right? To offset some expenses and you can get there logically rather than let's say you do make a hundred grand a year, right? Let's say you do hit the the hundred K threshold, but yet your expenses are really high, right? Or maybe you are not charging enough, right? Those things do happen because some people, like I said, they're throwing that dart at the dartboard, bing, and they're just picking a number and then they're just going off of what they've seen someone else do rather than go by the numbers, right? Everyone's goals are different. Everyone's ambition is different. Some people only want to make $200 a day. Some people want to make $400 a day. Some people want to make six, a thousand, whatever the case may be. You can do it, but you got to be structured. You got to have a plan. Then you have to execute. So whenever I decide to do this, I will let you guys know, because like I said, uh, actually, I might do it by next week. I might do it. You know what I need to do? I probably just need to just just shut up and do it, really. I probably just need to just shut up and do it because it's not like I don't have time to do it. It's just there's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of calculating. There's a lot of crunching that I have to do. But it's good for me and you. Most importantly, good for you guys because it, what, what will happen in the conclusion of this little experiment will be you will have a better answer and understanding as to, wow. Okay, if I looked at my stuff like this, that means I can get this with this and then I can probably structure your prices a little bit better because who knows, once you do this experiment with me and if you do the numbers along with me, you will realize that, hmm, I should probably be charging more for maybe this service or maybe I should just be charging more in general or you might be able to say, hey, hmm, there's a little wiggle room. I might be able to charge a little bit less and, you know, and still be able to hit my goals. And then who knows, maybe my, by me charging less, I can get more clientele because they feel a little bit more comfortable paying this price point rather than paying what I was charging before. Whatever, what, right? Whatever, whatever, whatever examples, right? I don't know your goals, but we're going to talk about them in the next episode. So I appreciate you guys for watching. No one really has any questions. Big all said uh commission. Um, and he owns a barbershop and his barbershop is commission. So, of course, you know, commission. I feel you, Big Al, but this episode is a wraps. It's a rap ski. 
it's over, right? It's over. So, you know, like most podcasts, they they run off their sponsors and they say, oh, this podcast was sponsored by, let's say, some pillow company or sleep tech, you know, which I'm not sponsored by sleep tech. This podcast is sponsored by my mother oven self. You know, if you are ever in the Dallas Fort Worth area and need a haircut, go to idoabarber.com. Please visit idoabarber.com. List of prices and services are on the website. You can book your appointment and reserve a spot to come kick it with me. Get your haircut by me. Soak up some knowledge from me. You know, I actually cut a lot of barbers hair. So, you know, actually, I like, I actually like cutting barbers hair. It's kind of fun. Uh, and sometimes it's kind of like, mm, no, I wouldn't say mm. it depends on the barber though. I'll, I'll say that. But for the most part, cutting barbers hair is not bad, but the barbers hair that I do cut, is actually good for them because I'm an open book, right? So like for those of you that follow me on Instagram or have messaged me on Instagram, you'll know that, Hey man, if you message me on Instagram, I'll actually hit you back with real questions and real answers, right? Same thing. Like if you come and get my your haircut from me and your barber, barbers ask me questions all the time. Like, what do, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Answer that question. Do we have a, um, we typically have a good discussion. The haircuts do usually take a little bit longer because we're in the, you know, we're talking and I'm not, I'm usually in the first gear. So I'm not like in a rush. And especially if, if I have time open in the slot after you and I, there's no rush, I, you know, I'll just take my time cutting your hair and we'll just talk about things that barbering, you know, talk about different ideas, you know, bounce stuff off each other. This happens all the time. So, you know, Go on idoitbarber.com. Like I said, if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, book you an appointment. And soon on the website, I will be listing my products. So if you want any hair products, you will be, you will be able to purchase those on my website, the I Do A Barber brand hair products. I have, uh, I have pomade, clay, a paste, and a, geez, what did I just say? Clay, paste, pomade and a mat. So four different products, you'll be able to purchase all of those on the website. But like I said, if you happen to book, if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, you can just purchase them from me within the barbershop. Uh, you'll see a picture tomorrow. I will be posting a picture tomorrow. Yeah. And I actually used some of the product. I actually cocktailed a little bit. I used, I used some paste and some clay. Yeah, I used paste and clay, cocktailed it, gave the dude a nice little transformation. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see it in my stories. I did a little before shot and then after shot. Well, it's a video, not a photo shot, but I did that. I'll actually post it on my feed tomorrow and you'll see it. But I used some of the products. He loved it. I didn't really try and sell it to him because, you know, he's my buddy, but I think next time, if you're if you're listening or watching this, I'm gonna try and sell you some of my products. But I'm gonna get out of here, guys. I will see you next week in next week's podcast. And if I don't, yeah, I will. But you'll probably see me in another video. So if you do, say what's up. Don't forget to share this podcast. And thanks for watching. Have a good evening. I know it's late. It's been your man. I do it. Signing out. I will holla.